Hi guys, thank you for joining me again here on the In Focus podcast with another episode of Hashtag Elevating Brands, episode five, where I am joined today by a lady who is on a mission to change the lack of financial knowledge narrative within our community with her book that she has just released called Generational Wealth. Now, you may have heard the term generational wealth and thought nothing more about it. That may have been because of pressing financial constraints or maybe other things. But in today's conversation, these are some of the things that we are going to be exploring. We're also looking at why generational wealth is the building blocks we should be thinking about in terms of our long-term financial goals. So without further ado, I'm going to be bringing on my guest Chantel. Um, but before I do that, I just want to let you know we did actually have some technical issues arise um, during recording. So you may hear a bit of a lag going on, but it still doesn't change the content, still doesn't change the flow. The energy was positive and right. And all that's left for me to do now is welcome in Chantel Nyami Bankole. Hey Chantel, how are you? Hey, I'm fine, thank you. And yourself? I'm great. Thank you so much for joining me today on Hashtag Elevating Brands. This is episode five, I can't believe it. (laughs) Thank you for having me. That's no problem at all. Um, Before we get into talking about the book, which I'm super excited to do, (laughs) I do like to set the energies in the building in our virtual building I've got to say because we are social distance we are over the phone (laughs) (laughs) Um, but um, I do like to do like a icebreaker Q&A with the guests that come on okay and the questions are usually in relation to um, Roots News uh, the publication that comes out every quarter Mm -hmm. and the latest one is due out on um, September the 20th okay very close to Black History Month so that kind of gives us a little bit of a clue as to the theme. Okay. <laughs> um, so without further ado, the first question that I'm going to put to you is if someone from the past of Black history was to knock your door, who would it be and why? Okay, so I would pick Martin Luther King. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I would pick him is because I feel he played a huge and courageous role in the civil rights movement in America. And also, in my personal opinion, I feel he was a great example of an impactful leader. So that would definitely be, you know, the reason why I would pick um, Martin Luther King. And also, I think it would be good to kind of get like uh, his perspective on how things are now, if less be alive today, Mm. basically. But yeah. Another question that I've got for you is there is a section called Book Flicks and Chill and that's a virtual library that was put together during COVID and features a selection of non-fiction books for all that want to keep their mind healthy. So aside your own publication, can you name three non-fiction favourites that you would like to add into the Book Flicks and Chill library? The first one for me, because this made such a huge impact, you know, on myself, is Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Mm -hmm. um, Robert Kiyosaki. I'm not sure if you, I'm sure you've heard of it. Like everyone knows that book. (laughs) And um, a second book of his called Cashflow Quadrant by the same same man, Robert Kiyosaki. And then the last, the third one Mm -hmm. would be... um, the 10x rule by a guy called Grant Cardone. I'm not sure if you've heard of him as well. Okay, no, Those no, three I books, haven't. I would say have made such a huge, huge impact on myself and my life in general, and just the way I think about things. So those I would definitely add. Great. Beautiful. And those, I'm guessing, those are definitely uh, three books that aided you. Yeah, for your own publication most definitely okay which listeners brings me nicely into our elevating pitch right now because I'm gonna 
uh, hand it over to Chantelle, who is going to let you know all about herself and her book, Generational Wealth. And then we will get into our little conversation flow after. So Chantelle, it's all up to you. So hello, everyone. So my name is Chantelle Nyami Bankole, and I'm the author of Generational Wealth, a guide for parents to build wealth for their children. I actually wrote the book this year and it was soon after my son was born. His name is Josiah and he inspired the whole entire project. Um, the reason why I wrote the book is because I just have a passion for financial literacy and just financial education in general. Even though I'm not a financial advisor, I just have a huge passion in this area because I feel it's something that is kind of lacking in our community and I just want to be that individual who pushes this movement within the community or I want to be one of the people who you know pushes it and brings it to the attention of individuals within our community so that's mainly my purpose of writing the book and also when I um mm. when I gave birth I was looking for ways to you know try and build like a a legacy for my for myself and my son I had to look at different yeah. different places to get information on how to build generational wealth. And I just thought to myself, well, I'm sure there's other parents that would like a guide that would teach them or give them information on what they could do to, to build generational wealth for their kids. And I couldn't find a book that was that specific. So I let me just be the person yeah. to create what doesn't exist yet. So then I just put it together and, and that was it really. I absolutely love what you have created. Let's just put that there because I bought the book myself. I purchased the ebook. Uh, actually, listeners, I gotta let you know you better <laughs> get it today. <laughs> or or um, is it is it tomorrow oh, yes. that the offer Thanks ends? For reminding me. So yeah, um, there's an. Well, but currently the paperback is ten pounds. And the ebook is five pounds mm. on Amazon, but from the first of September uh -huh. it will be going up. The paperback will be fifteen pounds, and the ebook will be seven pounds. So please try and grab it before first of September on yeah. Amazon. And yeah, that's it. Yeah, great. And you know what? Definitely, because we are in a time right now where we are supporting yes. black businesses. You know, you go online mm -hmm. and you see the hashtag supporting black business or black pound day and that um and this is something that is not only a conversation that we definitely should have been having uh, mm -hmm. all these years ago um but it's you know yeah. the time is now the time is definitely now to support ourselves yeah. and our family you know um now i like i said i purchased the book and i really loved it because it's yeah simple Most for me <laughs> to just yeah it's just simple for me to just flick through and get the information that I need um and like I always keep saying on these shows is research mm -hmm. do your research it's now enabled me to go online and and really like think about oh you know should I get that you mm -hmm. know stocks and shares <laughs> guide and <laughs> Um, so you mentioned, I loved the bit at the beginning, you mentioned at the beginning of the book that you grew up in a household where financial literacy and generational wealth was not discussed. Why do you think it's not spoken about within Black Honestly, homes? I think it's so, I don't know why this is, but in my opinion, I feel like our parents, their generation, I feel like they were in a in a mode where it was they just came to this country just to survive so they weren't really looking for ways to like okay we need to build work it was like we just need to make it so we bring our kids here mm. them in the school system all they need to do is go to school go to mm -hmm. university and get a good job and once they have a good job I think they feel that's the that's like it's kind of like one of the most biggest achievements like you know especially once you've gone to university mm. and you get your good job and that's it basically I think that was the that's the main narrative then but I feel it's not really necessarily the way to go 
clearly my book no. will will give information about all those other stuff but I just yes. feel that would that's I think that's the main reason I just feel like our parents they just were in survival mode and you know they were just trying to survive and I feel like our generation now we're more woke should I say <laughs> we're more doing yeah. research and yeah. we're more driven and motivated to you know do better than our parents did and I feel by now we're seeing we... you know, gradually we're seeing changes and change. my hope is that yeah. the next generation after us those changes will be implemented fully and they won't have these issues where you know we're not really knowledgeable when it comes to how to build wealth and you know just having access to information and also another thing I feel Mm-hmm. These things are not taught in school as well. The education system doesn't incorporate um, financial education in the curriculum. So that doesn't help as well. No. So even when we go to school, we just get taught maths, English, science, religious mm-hmm. education, things that, you know, might not necessarily benefit us in real life. But, um, you know, I think mm. it, it's, it's, a, it's a range of things that, you know, is. Us. Yeah. I hear you. I hear you on that and I fully 100% because it is those historical barriers Mm -hmm. to wealth that has somewhat stifled the generations before us. Um, And it's a beautiful thing now to see the um, changes that are happening because amidst all the negativity Mm -hmm. that is going on, my thing is that once we stay Mm -hmm. focused um, and still, you can actually take out the positives of all of what's happening around us. It's like the reset yeah, button has exactly. been pushed. Um, because there's a term actually uh, called redlining, and this, this goes back to our um, yeah. black history, which should be celebrated yeah. on a daily basis. Um, but don't get me started <laughs> on that. Uh, <laughs> um, have you heard of the, time, the term have, redlining? I don't have, I don't have like mm-hmm. a full knowledge about the, I don't know the in-depth if that makes sense but I have heard of it well I Great. do because <laughs> I have I have um black history flashcards which I will make mention of in the uh next issue in the next issue upcoming um I got these because I homeschool my son so this as well as your publication actually is great homeschooling tools um to have but the, the term redlining was coined in the late 1960s by a gentleman called John McKnight. Um, and he was a socialist and community activist. It refers to the denial of services or selectively raised prices to residents of certain areas based on racial or ethnic composition of those areas. So this was where they actually had a map and on that map, they marked a red line to, de- to um, de-alienate an area where banks mm-hmm. would not make loans. And those, those were most frequently discriminated areas where black inner city mm-hmm. neighborhoods. So that for me would be definitely why it's not really spoken about within the homes per yeah. se, um, because of that yeah. fact. And it's 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 just unfortunate you know um you kind of had that like my relationship with with money was like watching a silent movie <laughs> i can't <laughs> you know i did i i knew that money was for spending things for things but i didn't actually know i didn't have a conversation there was no like verbal stuff going on in my ear about investments or anything like Thank that. You. I can definitely relate. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so you also say as well that despite not having the mm-hmm. financial knowledge, you you do mention that you were disciplined and you had the ability mm-hmm. to save money. So where did okay, so that, that come from? Came from my mum, if I'm honest. So how it all happened was when I mm-hmm. went to university. I was so rubbish with um, managing money. It was just ridiculous. Like, you know, because, you know, when you go to uni, they give you um, the loan and then you Student get a maintenance loan where you're meant to maintain it and, you know, 
you know, try and get by with it. Yeah. But every single time, for some mm-hmm. reason, I always overspend. And then I'll have to come back to my parents and be like, hey, it's, it's the money's yeah. finished. Can you guys top me up sort of thing? <laughs> and also, there was I, I had a really bad habit as well, which was um, when I would come back um, home for the summer holidays in uni, I, I had like a part-time job mm-hmm. in Iceland, in Brixton. And I would just yeah. work, work all summer. And then I would blow all the money going on holiday and come back to restart again. Mm. And then my mum noticed this pattern yeah. that I was, you know, constantly doing the same thing. And so she sat me down and she was like, you know, you can't keep doing this, like saving up over summer, blowing it all and then coming back to, to zero again. Mm. And yeah. ever since yeah. we, me and my mum had that conversation, that's where things changed for me, like it just changed so ever since then i joined this scheme with my workplace where i think they take 20 pounds a week from your pay and then they at the end of the year so at the mm-hmm. end of the year i'll have like a thousand pounds and then i started with that and then when i noticed that wow okay i've got a thousand pounds this year let me just you know continue doing mm-hmm. that and then when i start to see my account grow i yes. thought yeah i like this let me let me see how far i can go with it. <laughs> it just gradually my savings and my ability to save very well just it just you know it just improved year after year after year so yeah and yeah that- that's that's um interesting you you know what you mentioned something and this word even featured on uh, the news, I, I, the mainstream news. I remember the um, pardon, partner. Did you ever hear of that? Or is that just Jamaican, a Jamaican? Yeah. That's like a Jamaican thing. But yeah, they had a partner. Yeah. So you'd put your money in and then, you know, top it up, top it up. And then just like what you said there, you'd yeah. get money back out of it. Um, but it's something from our history that we should kind of be able to go back to and see it work to build up our ourselves and our economy yeah so that and I I bet you a lot of um, young people as well going to uni or the new normal (laughs) uni uh, they will actually be able to get some tip from what you just said there and the conversation you had with your mum because I I, yeah Mm -hmm. because it's the thing is again just like we said because these conversations are not had people don't naturally mm-hmm. think okay i need to save money or i need to do you get what i mean they just think okay yeah, yeah. let me just spend what i have and yeah that's it but yeah <laughs> having these conversations and... are important but for me I, savings was the only <laughs> part of wealth building that I was taught from my parents because that's I think that's as far as obviously they knew about investments but not to the degree that I know now if that makes sense so I think yes savings was just the main thing and that's why that was like you know and to be honest initially I thought I could save myself to wealth because that's all I knew and you know I started to mm. do more research and I thought okay savings isn't just it <laughs> that's like the start you know yeah because you because because of inflation yeah. you know you have to invest your money so that you know you're not your money's not losing value each year so so yeah exactly there's a lot to learn but yeah savings I was definitely disciplined and even till now I'm still disciplined and I think that's helped me a lot in my journey so yeah uh, it's the art of discipline before you heard and learn about the term generational mm. wealth, though. What would you have thought it meant? To be honest, if I'm honest, yeah, I probably wouldn't have known much. Because if I'm honest, I used to think like, this is going to sound really bad, but I used to think like things like generational <laughs> wealth is just for the rich. You don't really think even in your yeah. your remit because it's like, yeah, that's not me. Sort of thing. Yeah, mm, like I haven't mm. been born, I haven't been born into wealth, so I don't think it's something that hey, that I'm, I mean, I'm yeah, privy to. Yeah, so yeah, my knowledge was just really capped and just limited at the time. So yeah, so yeah, I I agree with you as well, and I feel that a lot of um, 
our generation and because we are both in our 30s um and maybe even younger and and then before us do you know what I mean would would actually relate to what we are saying in in relation to generational wealth because like I said it was like a silent movie to me you know them black and white movies (laughs) you know and you putting your money in a piggy bank my thing was where we put what is money and a pig you know what I didn't get it I don't get that either actually (laughs) (laughs) you know what I actually don't even understand that I'm not sure why but no no, someone needs to explain that one to me because all I knew was in the Bible, growing up in a Christian yeah. family, yeah, pork was not to be eaten. <laughs> I don't get the pig and the money. It don't work for me, but yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, like you said, the conversations are very important and it, and it is so because it's all about changing the narrative. Um, so would you say that what were some of the conversations like prior to writing the book on this topic, you know, in your social groups? Because I think our as we move from growing up within the household um, to then, you know, finding your friends, like you said, you had work now and you were starting the, the mm-hmm. savings pot. Having friends that you can actually like relate to on this is is quite key isn't it Most definitely because um for me I would say how can I put this for me I think initially when I first started the the savings pot thing with Iceland at that point you Mm. know yes I did have friends but I think I was just in my own world at that point like it wasn't really an influence like I said after I had that conversation with my mom it was like okay I need to sort myself out. So I was in my world then. Mm. But um, as time went on, you know, as as my savings was building up, the one of the first things I wanted to do was buy a house. That's like, I don't know if that's for you, but that's like one of the standard things that everyone, yes. or most people want to do. So I thought, okay, yeah, that's yeah. one of the things I want to do. And um, from there, I thought, okay, so how do I buy a house? Once I get them, what do I need to do? So from that point, that's where my journey started. I was trying to find ways to gain more knowledge on, you know, how to, to get to that point. So from there, you know, I started to look up in, started to look at ways I can gain that knowledge. And that's when I went to that first, um, in the book, as I mentioned, I went to that first um, financial seminar. I invited. Yes. I think I told two of my friends about it, I think. And they can they have mm. we share the same um yeah, the same mindset. mindset. So um we, we all went and we all found it, you know, very impactful and very useful. And yeah, mm. from there, I think from there that's when it, it just yeah, I just I was just going ham from there, like that I'm telling yeah. you. Yeah. That was to be your catalyst, yes, that, right? Wasn't it? That seminar, that which is what I say in the book, just it just literally changed my life, and I'm so glad I took myself there. But yeah, I think it's really important to have friends mm. that have the same mentality as well, because that really helps, and you rub off each other. And I'm also the sort of friend where yeah. I, when I'm when I notice that we have the same mentality, anything I come across in terms of research or any information I feel is mm-hmm. relevant, I share it with my friends as well, just mm. in case they might be interested. So, yeah, yeah. So any, any other seminars that come up, I will inform them like, yeah, this one's coming up or there's another event that I think you guys would like. And then we all go together and that sort of thing. So, yeah, I think it's very yeah. key to have friends that, you know, think along the same way or else, you know. If the, yeah. the environment just isn't, isn't what you want it to be in exactly. order to elevate yourself. Um, and what you've just said there is is more blessings to you. And that is definitely why I would say you are someone who is on the rise um, because you are real, you are inspiring, you are strong, and you are definitely empowering to have someone like that within a circle, within your friendship circle, where you can all build, empower, and elevate each other is what is needed for our next generation and 
for our community yes. as a whole. You know, um, you you mentioned the the mm-hmm. um, seminar. Now, you know what did you gain? I know you gained a lot from it because we wouldn't yeah. have a book otherwise than that. But what you did you go on to have a financial advisor aid you through your journey after the seminar, or was it just based on that one day and then you went okay, and so did the what research? What happened was I went to that seminar and um, had an amazing time. And from that point, you know, I built a good relationship with the financial advisor who actually delivered the session. And then I started Mm -hmm. helping them out with all their other seminars, like, you know, being there, you know, just helping with prepping and stuff like that. And obviously the more seminars you attend, you know, the more information that you gather and you just, it just sinks in. And I also arranged um, a, a session with the financial advisor where he came to my house mm-hmm. and I had, um, I think four or five other friends, we all came together and we all mm-hmm. had different, cause we've all got different, you know, goals and aspirations. So we all came together so he could yes. like have a look at our, our financial situations as it stands at that current moment and what we need to do to achieve those certain goals. So one of my friends, I think she was trying to buy a house and it was the same with me as well. Mm-hmm. And a few other friends just had different goals. So, you know, what we, we, we discussed general things like, you know, savings, debt management, all that stuff. But we also had separate conversations mm-hmm. with the financial advisor where he would look at your own situation and tell you, based on your salary, what yeah. you earn, you know, or what you owe, you know, you're able to save this much and you should be able to, you know, buy your house um maybe in the next year or so and you know he gives you advice in terms of mortgages as well so he's all as an all-round I'm sure I'm not sure if you've heard of him but his name is Emmanuel Asoko yeah he's he's been on he's doing really good like he's been on channel four now he's just doing amazing and you know I feel really great to know that I was part of you know the journey yeah the journey but yeah, yeah we got a lot from yeah that seminar so we had a private session and that just boosted my confidence even more. And then that's when I started reading books as well. So I thought, okay, let me reading these yes. books to get a bit more insight. And from there, it's just, just started reading and just research. And then, yeah, yeah. that's how it you, you mentioned that that's, that's one of the key things as well that we need to take from, from this is, We've mentioned mm-hmm. research, definitely going on courses. I feel like we are still on lockdown. I know that people are out of lockdown and things like that, but we are mm-hmm. still on lockdown. And there may even be that second yeah. wave to come. So it's about kind of prepping ourselves and um, to elevate ourselves within the home rather than to be brought down by the negativity yeah. that's on mainstream. We could follow things, and I've got to give a big shout out here to Clever Girl oh, Finance as well. She's amazing. Who, yeah, because she's got um, free personal finance courses and resources oh, nice. at the moment, and it's very difficult, as you mentioned before mm-hmm. at the very beginning. It's very difficult to get things yeah. for free, <laughs> and I know I can't lie. I know, and I don't know what black person that like nothing for free yet. So. <laughs> But, but at the same time, as we, we balance it out, there's there's always got to be a balance. You've got to know who and who to support, who and who to give your monies to, do you know what I mean? And know that it's going into an investment um, for yourself and for the other person. So is there any other links to courses and resources that you perhaps didn't mention in your book that you would care to share? Because I know you do mention them in your book and I'm not actually going to reveal anything to anyone because I just want people to go out and get the book book. (laughs) to be Mm -hmm. honest if I'm honest with you you see with this book I I wanted Mm -hmm. to just lay it all out for people because so I feel like Mm -hmm. is there any anything any other resources I feel like I've given it all in the book to be honest okay okay I would say 
for me, and one, I'm sorry if this is going slightly off topic, but um, for me, one of, another reason why um, I wanted to get this book out there so much is because I feel that there's so much information like on the internet, Insta, social media, Instagram, mm-hmm. everywhere. And sometimes it can be a bit overwhelming and that leads to you, mm-hmm. okay, where do I start, you know? And I feel it that isn't very helpful sometimes. So, yeah, no, so I feel no, um, one of the reasons why I wrote the book is because I feel like, okay, someone's got to do that work where, you know, they get all information from books, seminars, and just put it all in one package and just let someone read it all mm. and just get all that information from one place. Because if I'm honest with you, if you're going to get information on each section, so in my book, it covers different parts like, you know, savings, good credit scores, investing ownership, etc. If you're going to go mm. to like, mm-hmm. let's say, for example, a financial advisor to get information on just, let's say, investing and ownership, it's going to cost you a lot mm-hmm. just for that one section, yes. if that makes sense. And I just feel like yes. because our community lacks this information, I feel like I want to put something out there that is affordable and they can get everything all in one place and not like... Because mm. I think one of the things is people think, oh, I would love to learn, but it's too expensive. Or, you know, it's just... Yes. That puts them off. So feel mm-hmm. and that was one of the things I was trying to achieve just for my book to just be that that book that just covers all the key areas and it's like okay now that I know yeah. these bits maybe now I can maybe see a financial advisor about this specific area or maybe whatever area is more important to them they can then now because yes. they've got the basic yes. knowledge so they can either do more further research and and, and gain more knowledge that way or they think okay actually let me go and see a financial advisor about this area because this is the area that's more important to me but yeah in terms of the resources I think I've given everything that everything I do on a general weekly basis the people that I follow where I get my information from it's literally mm-hmm. all in the book yeah all in the book. yeah I'm Good. always following these people just to see you know just to get more information, I'm always trying to Im- improve or advance my knowledge every single time. So, yeah. So. Exactly. So you've said, you've rightfully said that. And this nicely leads us into the break. So, listeners, we are just going to have a short ad break and come back and continue exactly where we left off on the journey of generational wealth with myself, Sam G and Chantel. We'll be back in a few. Hashtag Elevating Brands, a series of shows that is a platform for brands that want to advertise their products and services. So if you are that someone in your community that is on the rise and you would like to feature on the show, then get in touch via email to infocus at rootsnews.co.uk and join me, Sam G, as we elevate your brand. Okay, so we're back for part two, where Chantal was just letting us know that all of the links to courses and resources are to be found in her book. Uh, generational wealth which you can get today (laughs) today people (laughs) and I say today specifically because you there is a special launch offer tomorrow so the sale price goes up after that and right now um, as Chantel said the ebook is priced at five pounds um, and you can get that straight on um, your Kindle or whatever reading device you're on. Um, I got mine straight away. And uh, you can get paperback, which is £10, which then goes up to £7 or £15 for the paper book. But yes, definitely make use of the special launch offer, which ends tomorrow. Um, either which way, we're showing support 
for a, a conversational uh, topic that we haven't really had and we are embracing it now. And I'm definitely seeing the changes happening. Um, as me and Chantel were saying in part one of our conversation, um, it's just unfortunate that due to historical barriers, it's kind of stopped us from having these conversations um, along the way. But the beauty, the beauty, now I know everyone should be seeing this, um, is the fact that we can now talk about Black oh, yeah. Pound Day. Yeah, Black Pound Day um, and the Black economy on a whole. I like to refer back to, let's transport ourselves back in time, Chantel, oh, Black yeah. Wall Street. Yeah. Um, so that came about in 1906, between 1906 and 1921. And that was m the, one of the most successful black economies in American history. Even though we say American history, I'm sure there's got to be something within British history, right? <laughs> but anyway, um, so, so yeah, it's unfortunate that this had to come to an end, but while it was up there, it was good for um, the people of that time to embrace, to see people like themselves, to be supporting one another. Um, what is your views on Black Pound Day? I think it's a brilliant initiative and it's a way to bring us all in our community together. And I'm always talking about this thing with my friends about, unity in our community <laughs> because I feel like we are I don't know if you agree with this but what I find with um individuals in our community is we lack um togetherness like there's no there's no form of um okay we're all heading in this one direction and we're all going to help each other to direction mm -hmm. so I think having Black Pound Day is a great way for us to, um, you know, start working together as a that. team for a change and supporting our own, yeah. you know, our own community and keeping the money mm -hmm. within our own community just to build economic power as well. So, yeah, I, yes. think, I think it's a brilliant idea. And, you know, I hope it continues on and stays because <laughs> I think it, it's... And I like the fact that it's a it's a global movement as well, and not just that's happening in America. Yeah. It's it's worldwide, mm -hmm. which is great. So I I think my I think I would love for it to just be a consistent thing. I think it's every first Saturday of every, the first Saturday of, of the every month. month. So if we yeah. can just keep that going for as long as we can, yes, I think it will it will be very beneficial in the next, I don't know, next decade or so. And that will help the next generation as well. And if they can continue going, that will be really good because yes. every other community, they all work as a collective. So I think if Thank we can you. just implement the same thing, we could be powerful as well, you know, but... You are so right in, in saying this um, because um, Rising Roots... It is uh, the parent organization of uh, Roots News. The main aim that I put to that is putting unity back yeah. into community. So with everything that we do stepwise, it's trying to put, bring us together. But I think the first and foremost thing that we need to do is identify and talk, really talk about the deep rooted issues within our own communities before we can actually see ourselves really and truly working yeah. together and then working with other yeah. communities. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Um, we see other, like you just mentioned, we see other communities doing their thing and working together yeah. collectively. And it's just so unfortunate that, you know, sometimes someone's doing something, someone's got something bad to say about it, and then it's just a ricochet of mm -hmm. other things. You know the customer service, or or this, this, this. This is another conversation that we could yeah. be having. <laughs> I know. You know, the the thing about it is just like you have given something here now in terms yeah. of your book. You give you you put that together for your son. Yeah. That's a legacy, 
Um, and I think that's a key word due to the fact that we've just had someone pass away. Um, you know, the Black Panther, Chadwick Boseman, may he rest yeah. in eternal power. He left behind a legacy. And this is something that's really key for us, even when we're talking about generational wealth. Um, despite, again, the negatives that could come from this, you know, like um, in recent talks about stops and searches with people that are a name brand, you know, getting stopped and searched, asked where they got yeah. their money from and make feel like all sorts of things. These are the things that shouldn't stop us. These are the things that actually, you know, let, let us be empowered. Let us not fear. I think fear is Absolutely. breaking us. Yeah. Community. Um, so I definitely want to see this happen in my son's generation because I know a lot of people will say, and I don't know if you agree with people I've heard say, oh, I may not see this in my child's generation. Uh, listen, I'm seeing it. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I, think uh, that's, I think that's a bit, yeah, I, for me, I see, this is how I see it. I see it as I want to see this in my son's generation. And that's why I'm being, yeah. the, I'm making that difference right now. So then it can reflect in that generation. Yeah. I'm not going to sit back and hope that it happens because I want it to happen. I'm going to make whatever difference I can make now to make sure it's happening for, for my child Very in much. that generation and for all the other, you know, kids as well. So I feel like, yep. yeah, you, uh, yeah. I think if we all sit, imagine if we all sat back and said, okay, we hope there's a change, and not actually actively do anything to bring that change to life. Yes, then it would it, it, it would just be an ongoing cycle. But you know, when you want to see, oh, I think you should actively start living that change now. As as difficult as it may be, just start gradually living that change, and eventually you know, it will come, it will come to pass. Mm. So, yeah, I want that. It will do. <laughs> blessed, that. blessed. Um, and you know what, listeners, it, it's not something that, it is definitely something that we all need to be thinking about. And the key word is legacy. I know in an area in your um, contents as well, you talk about oh, yeah. life insurance, yeah. um, mm -hmm. estate planning, uh, invest in financial knowledge and even teaching yes. your children um which is my next point yeah. actually <laughs> because you've got something up your sleeve which is due to come out just now isn't it uh in, in addition to yeah the book you've yeah flashcards flash yeah because that was something that bounced off the book as well I thought hold on if we want the next generation to um to be financially savvy and have like you know a very solid financial education you know in their pockets or coming coming into you know the real world with good financial education i think we need to catch them when they're young not when they're 18 19 mm. 20 and you know mm -hmm. nothing's really embedded in i think as the brain is young feed that information in them mm. at that point so by the time they reach 18 it's like a standard thing for them and not because there's some people there's yeah. some people who are like in their late 20s early 30s they don't actually know what certain terms mean like for example i don't know like maybe passive income they've never heard of it before mm. and to me that's worrying mm -hmm. like we need our kids to know these things from you know, from young. So once they reach 18, yeah. they're already thinking, okay, you know, besides getting a job and all that, I need to actually start putting things in place. So once they know all these financial terms, they will be able to implement mm. them in their, you know, everyday life. Because for me, I won't lie to you. I feel like there's a lot I could have done much earlier had I known <laughs> the information now same but you know same it's better late than never big time it you're you're 100% right and I know that we said this off off air before um you know this is something that has come to me at the right yeah. time of my life where I wasn't taking things as seriously mm. as I should have been but you know you you I was just yeah. in survival mode 
Um, so now I'm there watching things like Dragon's Den, um, you know, and and stay dreaming about things. I can actually now be implementing it because, as we used the term earlier, yeah. redlining, you know, a historical term, it's kind of like we redline mm, ourselves mm. now. People redlined before, but we are redlining yeah. ourselves. So we need to break out. Let, let, oh, actually, no, a good term that I was going to use is breaking the generational yes. chains. Like- uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't like to call it curses because I, I don't feel like it was a curse on us. I feel like there were hardships, but we are built as a strong yeah. people. So once we break those chains, we can do anything we wish to do because that is how we were born and raised. Um, With your flashcards, will we see them in schools? I mean, we we mentioned about not being taught Mm -hmm. these things in schools. Hopefully so. Bringing on uh, conversations early on from the protest in March and stuff that we had... um, after George, mm-hmm. George Floyd, um, I remember talking about race issues and, you know, what people, like white people can do to yeah. help us, so to speak. And then someone from a school had said something that they would like to really implement black history within yeah. schools and that. So I'm thinking now that the doorways are kind of yeah. open, I feel like it's a lot easier now to get, say, our resources into schools I I agree I think I would love to and I think I need to do research on how I can um implement that because I think you know Mm -hmm. it's something that like we discussed earlier it's it's just it's just the the school curriculum just lacks it completely and I think Mm. if this is the best time like you said to inject that into the system and you know to just have it gradually embedded into the system and that would just help all the other generations that are coming after and yeah but I think mm. it's something I need to research though how I can go about you know getting us into getting yeah in. I think that's, that's a good idea it's... thank you for that <laughs> <laughs> no definitely and and this is what this platform is all about as well you know as well as mm-hmm. the conversations and elevating yeah. brands it is definitely elevating brands. It's giving you um, different perspectives on on things and you also giving Mm -hmm. me different perspectives on things. I feel like um, Saturday schools are another thing from our our history that is now also coming back up. Um, And even if be implemented in schools or they cannot be for whatever reasons, in Mm -hmm. mainstream schools this is, we have been given um, the green light, say, in homeschooling because we've been locked down with our children. So we now homeschool. We need to remember it's not about other people sometimes teaching your children the things that you didn't get taught. You know, we need to be teaching them it from the grassroots within the household. Exactly. I 100% agree with what Mm -hmm. you said. Honestly, we have to take control in in that area. We can't just be fully mm-hmm. dependent on the system to do all the work. So I agree with that. No. No. So either which way, how we can support the flashcards and the books, we can do so by, you know, um, buying them, purchasing them, using them within our house, which I'll definitely be getting um, the flashcards because my son is uh, coming up to 13 yeah. in October. <laughs> Not that he looks like it. He looks like he's like 20 or so because he's towering over me. But um, <laughs> um, it's I'm, I'm going to be getting him a, a card. And with I know about the ices now yeah. and talking yeah. about the stocks and shares ices, yes. you know. So I, I want to be getting him into that kind of uh, arena that's of great. thought. <laughs> and the different streams of income. I said that makes me happy mm-hmm. the fact that you know you're you're thinking about you know putting these things in place and stuff. Definitely, definitely. I mean, he he had yeah. savings before, but I think now that he's coming onto an age where 
I now want to start to uh, for him to be thinking about it and rather than like myself seeing it being a silent movie I want him to kind of be invested in himself as well and and know what Mm -hmm. true investment means Um, and I'm guessing that's exactly what you want for your um, son too so you use quotes as well I love how you add quotes throughout your book um, one of them was, do not save what is left after spending, spend what is left yeah. after saving. <laughs> mm-hmm. is, there, is there any cultural quotes relating to money that you heard in your lifetime? Cultural quotes, yeah. Hmm. I think this. Mm. Um, let me think. Do you know what? It's, it's, it's not really a positive thing, though. But people don't worry, don't worry. In, the, in, in my, like, the African culture, for some reason, they always associate mm-hmm. the pursuit of money as a negative thing. So, um, you know, when they say um, money is the root of all evil, I, I think these are yes. part of the negative connotations that just make our community think, yeah, like, you know, the rich are bad people. <laughs> And yeah, like, you know, the rich are, you know, you just see the rich as just people that are just, you know, just, I don't know, like, that was one of the, the negative things anyway. And it, and that alone just makes you feel like maybe wealth isn't just something for us. Like, we just, we just, and that's it. Mm. But um, that would be definitely a quote that I've heard a couple of times within, it's not a Yeah, thing. yeah. I, d- I- what was we saying? I had this conversation with a friend as well about money being the root mm. cause yeah, um, of evil. But like with anything, oh, cool. there's balance. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it's, it's what you are doing with that yeah. money. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and how you're gaining yeah. it in the first yeah, place. Exactly. I think we're living in a generation now where if if you continue not to have these conversations and young people are literally looking at money like a silent movie, like how I was, and seeing how it's spent in very materialistic ways, you know, and and gains. And I feel like it's just that this little loophole here that once Mm -hmm. we deal with that and we even teach young people about budgeting, I used to work with a lot of people in care, young people in care, and it's quite funny how they weren't taught about budgeting. You know, um, so that is why they would beg, steal and borrow Mm -hmm. to get their money. And if, you you know, as soon as they got money, they would spend it on uh, like weed and and things like that, rather than put put pieces down you know and and save it for the next week and they weren't even thinking about getting food (laughs) (laughs) so you know um definitely it's it's very imperative and important that that we have these conversations as we are going to keep saying um what have been some of the reviews that you've received from those who have purchased the book thus far so so far i've received really really like nice reviews like very good reviews um Mm. people saying things like there was one where um a lady said um there's certain things I mentioned that it didn't even cross her mind to do like in the Mm -hmm. book so for example I think the child benefit thing I think we just think yeah child benefit I'm using that to just take care of my child but it never came to mind that actually if I just don't touch that money and leave it there like it will actually build up over time. And that could be something I can use for my child in terms of, I don't know if they want to invest it or buy property or whatever it is that they want to invest in. So Mm. I think the fact that the book has shed light on certain areas that people might not have thought about, it is really, Mm. it just makes me happy to see that now people are thinking, okay, you know, I'm going to, you know, actually, I'm going to start saving the child benefit now, like spending it, I'm going to actually save it. And another thing I wanted to mention as well is, um, I don't know if you agree with me, but I feel that most times, because at the back of my book, I say that I wanted to, 
make the readers um, have like a relatable perspective. So what I've noticed is that most times people that write books, they're either individuals that are highly successful, you know, they've been through the ups and downs and they've made it now. And it's like, yeah, mm -hmm. they've, they've made all the money and that's it. And I feel like you still can't relate with people like that because they've already lived the experience and they're there now. Yeah. But with I'm a regular person yeah. and this is the this, these are the steps I'm looking to take for my son. So I just wanted people to read the book and feel like, yeah, she's just like me. So I can do this well. Do you get what yes. I mean? Like, I'm not no multi-billionaire that's made it. And I'm like, here you go. This is the this is this is what you need to do. I wanted people to read it and yeah. feel like, oh yeah, I can do that as well. Like, yeah, like this is not as hard as it may. I I a hundred percent again agree with you and I fully related to you yeah. on the book um because even down to the the diagram that you had in going back to yeah. the child benefit you put it in a diagram yeah. format now but like me I'm a different type of mm. learner <laughs> give me too much words if it's not like Mills and Boons or Jackie Collins book, yeah, that is twisting my toe, then I can sometimes get a little bit like, yeah, oh my gosh, much, this yeah. is just talking. yeah. But um, <laughs> um, the diagram in itself worked really well because as a snapshot, I was able to see how that little twenty pound and change that they're mm -hmm. giving me for my child over the course of yeah. his age once he gets to 18, how much now that equates to, even he looked at that and thought, yeah, ooh, exactly. you know? Mm -hmm. So you get you get to really, it, it starts to excite you and it's that little element of, of a spark that's needed. Um, and I feel like that's exactly what you said about the book is that you get to yeah. be sparked. It's a catalyst, it, it gets you started so that now, I can start to follow certain, the same said people that you've mentioned in there, the links, yeah. the resources, and, you know, even speaking to financial advisor, now I know what I'm going to be yeah. talking about. Um, and really planning out the steps and paving the way. And this is the real building blocks that if I don't build my home yeah. around me, I think this is a scriptural thing, but I'm not, I can't quite go there. So I'm not <laughs> going to go there, but <laughs> building, building a strong foundation. That's mm -hmm. the word rather than on shaky ground and, you know, sand. So all praises, like I said, for this book, Do you, has this, before we close though, has writing this sparked your interest to write more guides and books? I'm so glad you mentioned that. To be honest, it has. And I have a, I have plans to release another book, but the book, I want to release it based on... Because, um, you know, at the back of the book, um, there's a section, you know, the mm -hmm. bit where I talk about um, teaching your children? There's a bit where yes. I, I mention the specific areas you should make sure you cover with your children before they reach 18, like how to save money, good yeah. money management, good credit, all those areas. I'm thinking of, you know, yeah. bringing out um, a book where it can actually guide parents on how to teach your kids to save money, how to teach your kids to mm -hmm. budget. So it's kind of like a continuation of the book. So, OK, the parents now know what to do in terms of themselves and building that wealth for the kids. Mm -hmm. Now, they, there's a there, hopefully there should be another book where it will teach them how to teach their kids how to save how to do all these things so then it's like an all-round all round yeah so yeah it's something yeah. I'm still working on but it won't be it won't be out this year probably sometime next year but that's my my aim to bring another another mm. publication out that will support you know parents into just just you know doing the best they can for themselves and their children but yeah well I I really um I like that because you start off the section as well. Page 40, this is guys, like I said, I've got the book, you need to get it too. Uh train up a child in the way he yeah. should go, and when he is old, he will not yeah. depart from it. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, and the next one. 
They say give a man a fish and you feed him for a day. Teach a man to fish and you feed him yeah. for a lifetime. Very important. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> <laughs> it definitely is. And I'm really glad that um, you know, this has sparked you to yeah. write more um and to give us more, definitely. Uh, will this also translate into us seeing you? possibly like website video cams youtube the thing is i feel like these are all things i'm considering but because i'm a new mum now Mm -hmm. i'm just trying to see what you know how to balance everything because literally my son is like six months so i've been trying some people have even asked me how did you write a book with a newborn (laughs) yeah so yeah that is one of the that is one of those said same questions you know like so how did you manage during lockdown and writing book? I think book and... it was just the thing where, um, like, whenever he's, like, asleep or, you know, just doing his own thing, I just used that opportunity to just kind of, you know, write and type up stuff and do some research and all that. But, um, yeah, it, it wasn't easy. Mm. There's times where, like, you know, I might have to breastfeed him whilst I'm doing research and stuff, like, just balance. Because I, I really wanted to get the book out as soon as possible. So, because I just felt like people need this. Like, because I was thinking as a parent, if I had a book like that, I would buy that. So I thought, yeah, I, I, I need to get this book out ASAP. So if it means I have to juggle, then yeah, let me juggle. <laughs> This is what we do as this is what we do as parents. And I'm so glad that you brought that up because you know what? When your son gets older, you can actually either play this back to him and play just this little snippet. I was I was breastfeeding you, son, while you was all with me on the journey. Uh, you know what? It has been an absolute pleasure speaking with you. And if I could go on further, I would. <laughs> Um, but what would you like to um, say? What would be your lasting words to the mm. listeners? My last words will be like, I just want people to understand that two things. One thing is um, just because you may not have started in wealth doesn't mean that you can't change the narrative for yourself along the way or even for your kids. Like you can actually make a huge difference for your children if you start mm-hmm. today like start as soon as you can for them because I think that's yeah. one of the self-limiting um thoughts some of us have we might think we've never really had wealth or money so I don't see how I can make a difference but you can so yeah. that's that's one that's one of the things I would definitely um say and the second thing is it's not a get rich quick thing it I think wealth is mm-hmm. gradually built over time so just like we were talking about the, mm-hmm. the child benefit, you know, it's going to take 18 years before you see that money. So don't expect it to just, mm-hmm. you know, you know, just have 20 grand yeah. land in, an, in the account. It's, a, it's a, just a gradual thing. Mm-hmm. And over time, as the money compounds, once your child gets to 18, you would know that, OK, you've got that that solid, you know, savings stacked away mm-hmm. for your child. So, yeah, those are the two main things wealth is attainable you just need to like go out there get the knowledge and give it time just give it time and you will get Mm -hmm. there eventually so yeah those are things and yeah Yeah. and just stay positive and yeah that's that's what I would say blessings 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 well thank you so much again um and um I really do hope that the book because you sold a lot of copies within the, the first of its launch yeah yeah, it's it's good continue continue because once you have those positive um aspirations and your goals it it will materialize you will be able to manifest what you want you want to manifest Uh, we also say about the investment type of things and what you have done is you've really truly invested in yourself and that's the main thing yourself first and foremost because then what you give out to your son to your husband people around you is that's that's the amount of wealth that we can gain and that's what we want to bring more of into our community so Mm -hmm. listeners support hashtag supporting black organizations small however Mm -hmm. they may be but you can get this book on amazon in paperback and ebay ebook format 
um, for a limited time only, which it ends tomorrow. The special launch offer is £5 for the ebook, £10 for the paperback, and definitely you won't be disappointed. Where else can we find you, Chantel? Should people want to leave reviews for you or just come and, yeah. you know, give their praise for the book? Where yeah, can they the find moment, you? At the moment, I am on Instagram as Shanti underscore underscore Shan. <laughs> Mm -hmm. so yeah at the moment I'm act very active on Instagram and hopefully eventually I will um, branch out to other social media platforms such as Twitter and you know the others but for now Instagram is the main place to get me where you can get updates on anything new especially the flashcards that um, I'm yet to so yeah oh, they can definitely in. follow me there so yeah okay okay thank you so much thank you listeners for for joining me today on episode five of hashtag elevating brands we'll be back for the last uh the last part of the series actually uh part six which is in two weeks time um but don't don't fret we will be back again for a new series packed full of new brands that are bursting to tell you all about themselves but without further ado i'm gonna love you and leave you all blessings to you and Thank to you, you. chantelle bless